Hey guys, Ollie here. I uh, just wanted to let you know that chapters 7 and 9 of A Light in the Darkness are going to be the last chapters, so I really hope that you enjoyed the story thus far. I wanted to talk to you about a little bit of background and just telling you about some of the inspiration and other bits and pieces of the story. So, as you might have guessed by now, the story is definitely adventure, and I use some of the inspiration mostly from, well not mostly, but I used some inspiration from the Legend of Zelda series, which, very fun series. Um, and for example of that, if you were to, if you've read chapters 4 to 6, or if you've listened to the podcast, then you know that the golden glove that Nathan receives acts in a similar way to the Lens of Truth from the Ocarina of Time series, where if Nathan closes his eyes, then he can reveal things that aren't seen by normal eyes. And again, um, the story's picking up a bit. I leave. I try to leave each chapter or each phase at a cliffhanger, so that that way, whenever I do the next part, people are excited for it. And, yeah, I guess that that's really all. I just wanted to say a couple more things. Um, for one thing, it, basically, my first story wasn't as long I actually did multiple reruns of this story, for those of you who didn't know. And um, I finally settled on this one because I try to make it more descriptive, more enticing. Um, and I try to make it adventurous. And, you know, that just applies to what I do. If you find it, I don't know, like a little bit disturbing or some of you might find it very mysterious, then... Hey, I've got nothing wrong with that. I did this story not to be famous. I did it to just have fun doing it. And that's what I've been doing. I've been having a whole lot of fun with this podcast. So anyways, thank you so much. And let's move on to chapter 7 and 9, the finale. Chapter 7. The group slowly began their ascent of the mountain. Hot air blasted in their faces and through their clothes as they continued to march upwards. Each of them were tired, but they had to continue forward if they were going to rescue their parents. Suddenly, Leonora looked over her shoulder back towards it, the mountain range. Jack, look. Jack looked over it, puzzled. Wait, where's the smoke from my village? Nathan and Aurora both turned it to look over. Just as Jack had said, the smoke from the village was gone as if it had mysteriously disappeared without a trace. Turning back, Nathan shrugged and turned to Aurora. So, where are you from, exactly? Aurora frowned. My mother was kidnapped by Draken and his shadow army. Draken? Jack asked. Who's that? Yes. Well, not exactly in the way you think. Draken is the name of the Shadow Knight leader. He's known for his ruthlessness, cunning, and fast reflexes. Now, he wears special armor so he cannot be injured by mere swords or arrows. Only the Sword of Light can defeat him, or a royal heirloom. And you, Nathan, have that very blade. Nathan stared down at his simple, yet sturdily crafted broadsword. It almost seemed to shine in the moonlight. I guess you could see that about this. After all, the sword has been passed down for generations through my family, whether it was my dad or my uncle or... Well, you get what I mean. They continued to walk on in silence, each wondering if their parents were alive. All at once, Leonora pointed up towards the volcano. Wait, what's that? Suddenly, smoke came through from nowhere. 
Everyone looked around, puzzled by the fog. What the heck? Where are we? Nathan's sword suddenly glowed bright white, and turning around, instead of being on the volcano, he was now in a forest, away from his friends. One by one, they began to make their way into the center of the forest. Nathan tried to use his sword for light. No good in the fog. The trees seemed to twist and bend around him, and the path became less clear. He tried using his glove. The only thing that he could see were eyes staring from, at him from every tree. It was very creepy, but at least he could see the correct path. Nathan walked through the woods and then stumbled into the center of the forest. There, he found a small altar in the center of the field. Jack walked through the maze, bow held at the ready. Looking around with his ears and eyes ready, he jumped up into a tree and saw where the center of the forest was. Trying to fly there, Jack was bumped back by some sort of barrier. Jumping down, he hit the ground and pondered how long he had to wait until he could avenge his friends back home, and then he arrived at the center. Arches ringed the small field, and Jack saw a small green key on the ground. Picking it up, the world began to shift. Leonora grabbed her dagger and walked through the field of flowers. She suddenly felt weird. Collapsing to the ground, she was struggling to breathe. When she finally stood up, everything had changed, and the scenery had been shaped from a flower field to a haunted forest. Leonora walked into the center of the maze at long last. In it was a statue of a man with a long beard, a funny hat, and floating cross-legged off the ground, suspended by something. Aurora didn't hesitate to grab her spear, and unlike the others, she hacked through the forest maze until she reached the center. There, she found a sparkling red gemstone. Picking it up, she put it into her pocket and walked into the very center of the field. Light began to shed, and Aurora found herself looking at a mirror in the center of the field. The world began to fade away and meld into different colors. The team reassembled in the center of the field, dazed and confused. Uh, what just happened? Jack asked. Everyone turned to face each other, and Nathan suddenly drew his sword. Wait, don't go near each other, don't move a muscle. Everyone stopped. Nathan, what's going on? Leonore asked. I once read an ancient manuscript about this, and I realize now what's so special about it, Nathan said. One of us is now possessed. Wait, possessed? Aurora asked. Now what do you mean by that? There was once a sorcerer who was driven insane long ago. How he was driven insane, nobody knows. But he picks off anyone who enters his forest one by one using this puzzle. One of us is possessed. It's up to us to see who's fake and who isn't. Everyone saw their, uh, that their weapons were out in their hands. They didn't hesitate to quickly pick them up and uh, throw them around. Suddenly, Jack saw something that no one else had. Something that might have been missed, but not by his eyes. Leonora, where is your shadow? Everyone turned to face her with their weapons drawn. Leonora suddenly smiled crazily and disappeared in a flash of smoke. Chapter 8 The group went into full panic mode, spinning around with their weapons. Nathan's eyes were wide open. Nobody move! If you don't move, then the sorcerer can't attack you! Everyone stopped. Sure enough, nothing happened. Everything was once again filled with mist and silence. Suddenly, a hollow, scary laughter rang through the trees. Jack turned to face the source, and he found Leonora and another person. Much like the group, he was small, but he had a large hat, sagging robes, and a gigantic scythe over his shoulder. One of his, 
both of his eyes were black, except for one, which had a single orange gemstone in the center of it. <laughs> you children want to play my game, is that correct? Correct? Aurora grabbed her golden spear. When the sorcerer saw it, he hissed. Looking at Nathan's gauntlet, he also hissed. You two wield the cursed items. How dare you bring those things into my domain, domain. He launched at Nathan, only to be parried and slashed at. He jumped back, as did Nathan. Jackson shot arrows, but none of them hit the sorcerer. Said they only flew through his body. Do you really think you can harm me with those tiny twigs? Spinning around, black ropes poured from his hands and seeped into the ground. They shot up, grabbing Jack, Aurora, and Nathan, and twisted them up. Now, hee hee, it's time to play my game. For too long have you wandered our lands. We won't be stopped by you now. Suddenly, a white-hot line pierced the air, and Leonora got to her feet. The sorcerer's fingers were now stumps, oozing black liquid. The others got to their feet and surrounded the sorcerer. Standing up, he smiled crazily and whipped his scythe at Aurora. Nathan, however, held up his gauntlet. This time, a white hole drove up from the fog, and it tripped him. Swallowing him up, he screamed, No! No! Please, if you kill me, then you'll never be free! Free! Nathan stared down. We don't want to play your little game anymore. No! The sorcerer yelled, and he was thrown away into the abyss. All that remained of him was a giant, glowing purple scythe. Jack picked it up, and instantly molded into a short sword for himself. Huh. You know what? I like it. He tucked it away into his belt, and the fog settled, revealing a strange new terrain around them. Fire and magma poured from the sky, and a tall black castle loomed over the group. Nathan sighed. This is it, then. He pulled out his sword, which still glowed white. The final battle was about to begin. Chapter 9 Everyone raced into the main throne room up the path, only to find Draken sitting on his throne. Holding his sword in one hand, he stood up, and the other hand, he held a jagged mace on a chain. A black gate fell between Nathan and his friends, separating them. Nathan turned to his friends, then turned back with his sword drawn. He ran forward, and the two blades clashed, resounding in a giant explosion. Nathan struggled to keep his footing as Draken laughed menacingly. Do you really think you can stop me? Draken yelled. Nathan stared at him with cold, hard eyes. Yeah, I do. With that, Nathan quickly moved to the side, swung up, and smacked off Draken's head. As the helmet clattered to the ground, Nathan inspected the suit of armor, which, mysteriously empty, had nothing in it. Well, almost nothing. Nathan reached inside and found a skull key. Looking around, he had to find the keyhole. Then... He saw it, almost invisible on the floor. Anyone else would have dismissed it as simply a hole in the floor, but not Nathan. He pushed the key in, and a cage rose up with everyone's parents inside. After opening up the cell, there was much rejoicing, and after the gate opened, a small portal appeared in front of the throne. Nathan turned to his friends. Well, I guess it's time to return home, at long last. They walked through and into the castle again. Nathan sighed. It had been a long day, and everyone headed off to their separate rooms for the night. It was strange, however, to see that everyone could have their own room in the castle. Nathan shrugged and walked up to his room. It didn't matter anymore. The next morning, at breakfast, Nathan told all the parents about their wild adventures. None of them seemed to be able to stop listening. There were plenty of questions at the end, and Nathan simply thought, 
I can't go around telling the same exact story to everyone in the kingdom. I'd be an old man by then. So Nathan, finally rid of riches, adventure, dragons, swords, skeletons, and all the other adventures, sat down and began to write. It would be a book of heroes of villains, of treasure and victory, and of hope and courage. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. The book you just read is that book? Well, yeah. Hey, I had no other choice to end like this. Well, Nathan thought, staring out at the mountain range behind the kingdom. I wonder what's over there. Eh, that's for another time. He closed up the book and walked away out into the courtyard. The sun was just rising over the kingdom, and Nathan smiled, knowing that he had achieved great feats that day.